Welcome to Tax Today, a Vertex podcast series. Words of wisdom from industry professionals to help you transform tax. Each week, we hold enlightening discussions with tax, IT, and procurement specialists focused on shaping tax in the procure-to-pay process. Hi, I'm Kristen Schraubenbauer. Welcome to Tax Today, a Vertex podcast series. On today's episode, we'll be exploring key indirect tax points during the procurement buyer invoice process. Our guest today is a repeat Tax Today podcast contributor, Peter Bohoff, from Vertex's Chief Taxation Office. Peter, thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for um, having me here again and looking forward to this uh, podcast. So I'm excited about this topic. So Peter, can we review the invoice process, like give us a, a real rundown from soup to nuts? Yeah, it's um, the invoice process um, differs according to the design of, of a specific business, of course, and, and how they've arranged everything. But in general, I would say that if the invoice is received, it will be scanned using OCR or data will be manually processed by the AP clerk. And then upon receipt, the three-way match is applied to verify if the invoice net amounts match with the amounts in the PO. To verify if the invoice net amounts match with the amounts in the PO and if the ordered goods have been received in full. That's the goods receipt um, document. And after this, based on the invoice or the scanned image, the AP clerk should verify if the invoice is legally correct from a VAT perspective. Basics checks include usage of the correct company name and address and correct VAT numbers of both the buyer and the vendor and the correct VAT rate and amount. And in case of errors, the invoice should be returned to the vendor. And checking the correct VAT treatment is important at this stage, as incorrectly charged VAT is not deductible and incorrect invoice data results in incorrect VAT reporting. And VAT is not part of a three-way match, as POs in general are exclusive of VAT. So what happens during the invoice reconciliation process? Can you do a deep dive on that for us? Yeah, what you do in an invoice reconciliation process is actually identifying and managing discrepancies between invoices and the related purchase orders, contracts, or receipts so that they can be paid. So the overall purpose is to pay an invoice in such a way that you've also received the goods and that it matches with everything that you expect. Uh, Manually reconciling an invoice includes a series of steps in which one or more users investigate and resolve errors and exceptions. The first step is that you review the invoice reconciliation or IR document and decide whether to edit or reconcile the document. And if you reconcile it, it just passes and um, you go on or it needs to be edited. And if it needs to be edited, you need to check whether you can do edits yourself or whether it has to go to somebody else with the right authorizations in the, in the system. When you look at the exceptions, you can accept the data on the invoice or accept the data based on the associated purchase order or the contract or the receipt. And you can edit line item details and you can handle tax exemptions. And in the end, you will submit the invoice for reconciliation once all the edits have been done. And invoices can be reconciled with a combination of automatic and manual processing. The automatic reconciliation phase matches invoices to orders or contracts within tolerances defined in your configuration. And it also refers unresolved issues 
to users for manual reconciliation. And if no exception exists, the automatic reconciliation process still creates the IR document, which must be approved according to the rules defined. And the tricky thing here is that the invoice as received is the leading document for VAT. So all data entered or modified in the system and in this process has to match with the invoice. And for automating this process, one of the VAT challenges is that there are various reasons for having no or 0% VAT on an invoice. This can be, for example, exemptions, export transactions, EU purchases, reverse charge, or for example, VAT grouping of other internal transactions. So there's quite some challenges in this whole reconciliation process and matching the data in your system with the related data on the invoice. Yeah, that seems to be challenging. It seems to be pretty pretty tricky, as you mentioned. There's a lot of things to remember and there's a lot of things to take into account. Um, are there any pitfalls that you should advise or you, we should advise our, our audience here to avoid? Yeah, I've, I've in the past experienced a few scenarios that are really difficult for um, the accounts payable department to process. And this difficulty can be due to a lack of knowledge or to a lack of priority. As in general, correct VAT processing is not part of the KPIs of that department. So invoices, for example, for an event at an hotel, like for example, a marketing event with various VAT rates and limit deduction on, for example, food and beverage is a processing challenge as each line has to be processed individually for VAT. And if you're on a production target for a um, number of invoices to be processed, these are not the most comfortable invoices uh, to reach your production target. And invoices that um, include a combination of services and goods can also be quite challenging as different VAT numbers have to be used and sometimes even different legal entities. But one of the key challenges is the processing of standard invoices, so not these complicated ones, where master data in the system is not complete. And in all of these situations, you run the risk that AP gets creative to reach their targets, and that can result in reduced deduction of VAT on your purchases. And as a VAT manager, of course, you would like to avoid that. Yeah, I would imagine. It, it seems like it's almost inevitable that you're going to have issues and challenges that pop up. And I think, you know, even from a, a U.S. perspective as well, it is scary. I think I heard you say a couple of things, you know, your master data, even with the standard process, if your master data isn't good, then you're in a world of, of hurt. And then also with regards to potentially having your AP clerk or professionals make a decision just to kind of process things, get things moving forward. It doesn't appear that that with this situation, you have a really great solution, um, especially if you're not automating to help you know, support this process, make it as efficient as possible, as well as adhere to all the you know, legal re regulations and, and to get your, your reduced uh, deduction and things like that. Does that make sense? Does that resonate with you? Yeah, that absolutely resonates with me. And um, despite the fact that there may be challenges in, in automating this process, this can be your um, carrot and stick to finally have um, your master data updated and correct and to improve this process significantly. So I, I fully agree. 
No, that's great. I think that's a lot of really good feedback. It's a, it's a lot of good things for people to really take into consideration. So again, we go back to this theme that keeps popping up. And I know this was kind of in the past with, um, from a European perspective is that, well, that's just a rate and it's, it's simple. It's not anything complex and you don't necessarily require using any kind of third party tax engine, but it appears that that's just the opposite or where it's evolving to be a lot more complicated than anyone kind of expected, especially on the purchasing side. Yeah, that's that's absolutely true, Kristen. It's it's by many people, and not only by non-European people, but also by finance managers, CFOs, VAT processing is is too often seen as a routine activity that you can easily outsource or or move around, and that that really causes quite some issues. Yeah, I would I would imagine. I mean, you know, cost to the business. Um, never mind, you know, as, as these procurement transformations take place, trying to get any best practices or KPIs, it's just out the door completely. I would imagine that would be really challenging and, and extremely frustrating, too, because, you know, the, the indirect tax manager would be put in a really bad spot. So I think that's I think what you you know took us through today really helps us expand on that and really take a deep dive as to the nuances of why that is um, and things for our audience to consider. So I appreciate that. That'll do it for today's show. I'd like to thank my guest, Peter. Thank you for joining us, Peter. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks. And thanks to our listeners. Make sure to tune in for our next episode when we'll discuss keys to a successful implementation. Subscribe to Tax Today on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you liked what you heard, please leave a review. To learn more about optimizing tax and procurement, visit vertexinc.com. That's V-E-R-T-E-X-I-N-C.com. And connect with us on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook.